Hey, welcome to the Bobcatch Podcast. Uh, my name is Don. I'm Scott. And we are working our way through Hosea. All right. So a little bit different book than Deuteronomy, but uh, definitely one that involves the the use of the word whore. And I just had to get that out early. Yeah. Well, uh, there is one instance of a harlot. Oh, yes. Uh, in this chapter. Oh, that is true. <laughs> yes. If we. Uh, I'm adjusting your mic. But, okay. Like there. Oh, it's going back. Anyway. Okay. You're good. I think I'm good. Am I good? No, you're fine. I was okay. just, it was like off access a bit. And I was like, no, it must be where I told it, but it, it's fine. Oh, okay. It's fine. So, so with that, um, we are in chapter seven of this week. Um, and we will basically continue. Yeah. With the adventure of Israel being a harlot and, or whore, depending on which version you're looking at and what chapter. And I say, and what the word's coming from. Yes. The, what do you call it? The root word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine made a nice footnote about that, but I'll we'll get it. to that. It, okay. didn't, it didn't tell me anything else about it. Just this little tiny footnote. Okay. So whatever. Yeah. I didn't get a footnote. So the one thing I got from this, wait, there's like no banter. I know. I was just thinking about that. Man. I was like, man, we got straight into it. Are we okay? Um. It's been a long week, and it's Monday. Welcome, listener. And uh, President's Day on Monday. Yeah. It's a long, rough week that we don't even have banter. Dia de los Presidentes. What you see. See. <laughs> uh, so this chapter, <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. I, I'm trying to think of something. Like, I was uh, like, yep. I installed a kitchen countertop with my neighbor and uh, participated in no sales today. All right. It's President's Day, but by the time you guys get this, it'll be July 4th or whatever. My tire was screwed. Literally. 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 The idea. Well, I didn't pull it. Did they just plug it? Uh, Sure. All I know is I went in there and I was like, my tire keeps going flat and Uh, my tire keeps going flat. And they're like, at first I thought they said it was a nail. And then they showed me the screw. I was like, oh, wow. I'm surprised that that didn't just go flat instantly. So (laughs) why are you showing me this screw? Where's my tire? Yeah. So, yeah, I got that fixed and went bowling, so nothing nice. eventful. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I guess I could start making stuff up, but actually, I don't even know if I'm in a creative mood right now to start making there, stuff up. There's probably some guy, somebody <laughs> who's listening like, well, no banter yet. Oh. <laughs> so, so those that were looking forward to it, which, which I wonder how many are like, yes, banter, or how many of them just fast forward through. and I don't know if these people would email us at bakesh at outlook.com. We would know. Do you like the banter? Or do you not? Or do you not like the banter? If you're like email, that's for old people. You can leave a comment on this episode or any episode at bakesh.podbean.com. Ooh. Fancy. Or you can get us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bakesh and leave a comment there. Do and people still use Facebook? Old people. Okay. I don't think the kids do. Yeah. We should get an Instagram. An Instagram? Here's a picture of a microphone. And another picture of a microphone. <laughs> so you never got that. You don't even say that much. I, I know. When I put them on Facebook, like people like those. And I'm like, oh, cool. Somebody saw the picture of the microphone. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And then uh, there's Snapchat, which is pretty big. And then TikTok. I, I wonder what we'll get one. Uh, because we haven't put these on YouTube yet. But with Hosea, we're going to start putting them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what kind of comments we'll get there. I don't know. Because I, I mean, cause that's more of like a comment thing. Right. It's a big platform i can think of the can word deuteronomy go on youtube or it, is that no it could but it'll take me a long time Oh, okay because uploading a video takes a while longer even if it's just the thumbnail and the oh, is it? audio so okay maybe maybe as it goes on and i get uh, i might i don't know i'll have to see how it goes okay i'd love to but i'm not promising okay anything till we get an intern what an do you intern? do i upload videos <laughs> what do you get paid nothing I mean, that's about what we get paid. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all fair. Yeah. I'll pay them twice what I get paid. Man, I'll pay them three times what, what, what Whoa, I get paid. Oh, look at this generous number. <laughs> zero times three is zero. <laughs> See, that's about as far as my math goes. That's why you're not a math teacher. Absolutely. So chapter seven. Right. All yeah. Right. Cool. Whatever. So sorry about that. You you still got it, but a shorter banter. Yeah, we did that for you. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Just the disclaimer of seven is the Hebrew in here 
is messy. The evidence of the chapter is messy. And if you have an ESV, it'll say one thing. In NIV, it might say another. It depends on if they're using the Messy Orc text or what, uh, what do they call those? Manuscript they're using. Mm. Uh, could depend on what your translation says. We'll yep. be reading primarily out of the ESV, but the NIV could have some subtle differences. And I have one spot marked in here where there's a whole sentence included in the NIV that's not in uh, most others. So, And I think that's one of the struggles with getting through Hosea. Um, we're used to Deuteronomy, which the text is pretty clear and straightforward. Right. And Hosea is not. I, I liken it to, we're looking at his journal and somebody found other journals of his and so they taped some of the pages back together or they put some of the you know uh oh man he had an entry here let's put it in there and they put it back in there and it just didn't preserve as well so um, but jesus talks about hosea um i'm looking forward in in some further chapters so i've been been reading and, and studying kind of like the what is it? Jesus from I guess Jesus's crucifixion from Passover to the cru- to the resurrection, um, and it views it from the the perspective of the Old Testament, and some of the comments that Jesus says throughout that time mm-hmm. um, goes back to to Hosea, and I was like, ooh. ooh. So we're not there yet, but I'm, I was way excited. I was like, ooh, this will be but fun. Man, in, in our case, what is the name? Lent starts. Two weeks? One week? Two weeks? Yeah, I'll be honest. We don't really celebrate Lent. Freaking Baptist, man. I'm sorry. Anyway, for the rest of us who celebrate Lent, it starts like the 20-something of February. So I'm going to eat meat So every day. We're not Catholic, bro. <laughs> anyway. So with, All right. So anyway, yep. um, so I'm going... Wait, I'm going to pause a second because I have to pee. Okay. Um, but they'll never know. Right. So we'll be right back. Unless you don't edit it. Wait, I might. It said Mark 1. Hold on, I got to pause. I don't know what I marked, but that'll be forever. Sorry, everybody. Okay, here's the pause. So <clears throat> we're back and you never knew I was gone. Yep. Yep. So back to chapter 7. Yes. Yes. So I will start with 611. B. Oh yeah, probably a good idea. And then go on to seven two because otherwise, um, it's kind of in mid thought that seven starts. Yeah. So I'm gonna kind of go to seven two, and then we'll kind of break it down into to some sections from there. So with that, um, Hosea, um, chapter six, verse eleven, and we are talking from the ESV version. For you also, O Judah, a harvest is appointed when I restore the fortunes of my people. When I would heal Israel, the iniquity of Ephraim is revealed, and the evil deeds of Samaria, for they deal falsely. The thief breaks in, and the bandits raid outside, but they do not consider that I remember all their evil. Now their deeds surround them, they are before my face. That's happy. (laughs) Yeah. So, um... So it looks like God kind of is deep in thought and kind of wanting, really wanting to restore Israel, mm-hmm. and they're just not making it easy for him. Yeah, that's one way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like if we look at the way this is set up, he says, when I would heal Israel, or like when I restore the fortunes of my people, um, the iniquity of Ephraim is revealed and the evil deeds of Samaria. Uh, basically what, what I'm getting here is that their sin, what they did wrong is brought to light mm-hmm. and God's like, Hey, this is what's up. Like, you know, I would heal you. So in order for me to heal, you've got to stop, you know, having your pagan sex cults or mm-hmm. whatever the heck it is that they're doing. And, uh, they basically don't, right. they, they're like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. I can't, I can't stop that you know, kind of thing. So it's like, uh, anytime we want, uh, to confess and have repentance and stuff like that, there's going to be open scars, open wounds, and your sin's going to be laid out possibly, you know, in front of you so that you have to deal with it and the effects of it, but they don't care and they don't want to deal with it. 
but they still want the healing and they still want to be restored. Or do they? That well, <laughs> I mean, from but from I think what in chapter five what was that when the lion or chapter six when they were just kind of expecting God to right, do something. Yeah, that's a, yeah, the lion. You know, so it's like, well, God will go ahead and do this, and you know, they're talking and yeah, talking amongst God themselves and <laughs> not really talking to God or asking God. They're just like, oh, well, it's going to happen, and God's right. like, well, dude, I can't. Like, you won't stop doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like he wants to to restore that that former intimate relationship they had, but they're making it very difficult. I guess it'd be like, I mean, I guess if my wife was cheating on me, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, I want to go ahead and restore that relationship, and just keeps on cheating on me. Right. Well, that's a really hard thing to be like. Well, yeah, baby, come on back, and but you're gonna keep going to your other lover like that. that, that well, and some of this makes it sound like they don't understand that God can see their sin. Right. Um, it, a lot of the stuff that's here, like they dealt falsely, the thief breaks in, the bandits right outside. A lot of these are very uh, deceitful or shadowy kind of sins. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's as if they're saying like, hey, uh, we could still do this. God has no idea. And he's like, but they don't consider that I remember all their evil. <laughs> right. And now it's all in front of them. Like it, I, I didn't forget. Mm-hmm. Like, like God did not sound like, oh, yeah, that's right. You guys did do that. I forgot all about that. You know, he remembers, and he knows that they need to stop and repent, and they're not willing to. What's well, kind of, I mean, I think that it can be very applicable to today. Um, when you think of the amount of Christians, and I'm going to put that in quotes, Christians that say, well, yes, I'm a Christian, and I believe in Jesus, but I'm not willing to be obedient. Right. Um, I'm not willing to follow God's commands. Or, you know, I've heard, well, you know, I can't believe that God would want me to go ahead and do that. Or, or why wouldn't God love me this way also? And it's like, well, but dude, <laughs> Jesus died for your sins. And you're not willing to follow some commands that, that actually are kind of legit and good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we live in, I, I would be surprised if it's not like this in many places, but I do feel that in our area, in the greater Cincinnati area, we live kind of in a hotbed of that thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a large number of mega churches here, um, and our mega churches have campuses that qualify them as mega churches. Now, I'm not railing against the mega church, but I'm kind of railing against the mega church. Um, there's a lack of accountability <clears throat> in a lot, and I can mm-hmm. say this because I worked for one for a while. <laughs> Um, there's a lack of accountability and there is a prevailing attitude of, I can come in here, I can hide, nobody can see me and I can do what I want. Uh, which is essentially what the people in Hosea are doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, I was at church services where the pastor would say one thing and I would be walking out and hearing somebody basically saying, well, yeah, but that doesn't really like they're, you know, contradicting on the way to the car. No, that doesn't really pertain to us, honey. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I've been in meetings where, uh, staff members were congratulating another staff member on a divorce. Way to go. You're finally free of that. Like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. There should be no happiness, regardless of the circumstances, for mm-hmm. a divorce. We go back to our Deuteronomy Matthew, one of our podcasts in there. Right. We address where, okay, he allows it, but it's not really encouraged, and actually he, it's he, never encouraged. Yeah, he don't like it, <laughs> but he allowed it because of their sinful desires. Right, like, absolutely. You know? um, so, yeah, we live in a very strong area where people forget that God sees their sin. Right. Um, and that it has to be dealt with, that our sin has to be dealt with. In this particular area that we live in or that it's even as serious as it is like i mean sometimes you're like well this it's just it's just a little sin well it hurts god no matter what right yeah there's not a uh, well okay i shouldn't say there's not a ranking system um because you could obviously rank by who was affected by that sin right like if i run a red light i have disobeyed the law i have sinned but if I run the red light and nobody's around and nobody sees it, yes, I sin, but I didn't reckon anybody. Nobody got you know, hurt. So we could argue that was a lower as far as consequences went. Right. Um, now, if I run the red light and I broadside somebody and you know injure or kill somebody, we would say, oh, vehicular uh, 
manslaughter. Yeah. Uh, that's a higher ranking sin because we see the uh, the consequential damage. Mm-hmm. Um, we could go through the Bible and look at where there appears to be a rating of this sin is more abhorrent to God than maybe something else um, because it destroys a society. It destroys a, uh, what do you call it? Um, it destroys a covenant relationship, so on and so forth. Like the the sins that are kind of thrown in here seem to be societal sins, thieving, right. uh, breaking in, raiding, stuff like that. You're eroding the trust of the society here if this is indeed what you're partaking in. Well, it, it shows that, because um, I'm sure there's, okay, there's more sin than what's being discussed right here. But I think this shows the chaos of the culture and, and right. how their sin has created a chaotic culture. I mean, this is not someplace I'd just leave my cell phone. Um, and in all honesty, I'd lock my doors, bolt it, mm-hmm. um, put wood planks there and have a shotgun. You know, uh, well, I mean, if you're talking about shotgun they deal falsely, BC. the thief breaks in, yeah. the bandits raid the out, like, right. that to me sounds like a, does not sound like a society I want to be a part of. Well, and if we're still, if we're contextually still within the last chapter, um, this could be describing the sins of Israel or the priests. Mm, so, I mean, it, it, and it seems that the priests are still being somewhat addressed later in this chapter. So it is arguably that the priests are committing some of these actions, which is definitely leading towards the chaos because those who are your authority or supposed authority, Mm -hmm. um, or that are supposed to be above reproach and over you and leading you towards godliness are doing the opposite. Right. Well, a couple of chapters earlier, I mean, he addresses everybody, but he's like, priests, (laughs) you're in a little bit more trouble than everybody else. Right. Um, Because I mean, they're supposed to be the ones that are, well, I mean, didn't we even talked about how what they were taking out any opponents to to uh, that right. wanted to go back to the covenant? I mean, so these priests are pretty corrupt. Um, I mean, society definitely. I mean, the Israelites as a whole definitely have some ownership in this as mm-hmm. well. But the priests have a huge ownership because they're the ones that are supposed to be, well, as you said, leading them towards God. Yeah, and thinking nowadays, anytime we see a. Uh, pastor or a bigger, uh, you know, a, an author, a scholar, somebody kind of fall from grace or do something ridiculous that gets them in trouble. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the public then immediately says, well, I told you, you can't trust these pastors. They're just as corrupt as everybody else. Or um, right now there's a lot of stuff going on in the Catholic church. So we see, oh yeah, all religion, all priests, that's why they shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't trust them. It, it, it reflects poorly down the line. So this is definitely throwing this into chaos because there would have been a tighter relationship most likely with the priests at this time than what we have nowadays. Mm-hmm. Well, we even talked about it like in our Deuteronomy podcast, I've gotten back at that a lot today. Yeah. Um, but, but that's a, well, you continue to draw from, <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you look at a lot of the commands and a lot of things that God asks of Israel, they're all commands to, yes. I mean, to, to run a society, um, that is connected and tight with God but also to make the society run better um, without all of the chaos that we're reading here in Hosea. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of his commands are really meant, it's kind of crazy once again how we can like say, well, well our commands, our way of showing God that we love him, definitely encourages a tighter relationship with God, but they actually benefit us and mm-hmm. society and our families. Right. And, and so by breaking them, it's, it's kind of creating well, that. Yeah, God has a design uh, that works best, and that's articulated very well through Deuteronomy mm-hmm. uh, and uh, very well through the words of Christ and the Gospels and through yeah. Paul and the epistles and so on. And once you go outside of that, that's when things start to really fall apart. Right, So right. Yeah. All right, so moving on. Yes, um, this is one, and I don't know if you agree <clears throat> or disagree. Uh, we're going to start with the verses that address a lot of they's and theirs and them's and uh, stuff like that. And this is where the commentary I'm reading suggested that he's talking about the priests in a political okay. relationship. So I have, so I've got like chapter three or no, chapter seven, three or verse three through seven mm-hmm. is more of like internal politics. And then 
8 through 12 is more international politics. And so where you've got both of those being addressed within this section. All right. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll go through okay. and we'll kind of break some stuff down and see how it shakes out. Okay. Do you have a, a certain, so I have three through seven being internal politics. Go, go on and start there. Uh, let me see what I have in. Uh, yeah, go three through seven. That okay. should be good. All right. So I have oh, this. There's is, a break in the scripture too. Oh, it like is. A, mine, the way this stands is broken, so. Uh, oh, yeah, mine does too. All right. There you go. So three through seven. <clears throat> by their evil, they make the king glad and the princes by their treachery. There are all adulterers. They are like a heated oven whose baker ceases to stir the fire from the kneading of the dough until it is leavened. On the day of our king, the princes became sick with the threat of wine. He stretched out his hand with mockers, for with hearts like an oven they approach their intrigue. All night their anger smolders. In the morning it blazes like a flaming fire. All of them are hot as an oven, and they devour their rulers. All their kings have fallen, and none of them calls upon me. There you have it. It's trying to see... I think this is where the difference comes in. Nope, it's not here yet. Okay. Okay, so we haven't hit that part yet? Not that part yet. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, this is the adulterers. Um, the word here uh, is different than the word used for harlots. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got on it. Okay. And I was like, so what does that mean? Is it like adulterers in a specific marriage sense? Is it? Are we saying they're not like the typical prostitute? Are we saying, what is this? I got nothing. I okay. couldn't even find the word that he said was translated differently. Oh, wow. So I was like, thanks for, you know. Pointing it out, but not getting yeah. anything. Okay. Yeah, it, it literally said, like, the word here is uh, a different word than what would be used for harlot in the rest of the book. Okay. but Thanks. Doesn't say any, like, differentiation of meaning or anything no, like that? Nothing about the context. Like, okay. oh, yeah, in this context, it means blah. No, nothing. Okay. Just it's different. Yep. Okay. So I have, so Elizabeth, um, being the, the commentary, again, that, that I use, um, she basically says that this passage mirrors the, the turbulent state of Israel's monarchy. Uh, between 746 and 732 BC, um, four of Israel's kings were assassinated by their successors. Um, so you're talking about the princes by their treachery. You're talking about potentially the different assassinations that are taking place, um, the priest, um, the other kings, the the princes, the those that are in royalty, these are the people that are ultimately um, really wanting to assassinate the, the previous king. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, it ends with, in verse 7, with um, all their kings have fallen and none of them calls upon me. So, yeah. you know, they're, they're not godly kings. No one is looking to God for who should be the next ruler or even whether they should do anything about their current ruler. They are just all ultimately doing whatever they want to do to, to make things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Hosea compares the plotters of... Uh, so basically, they, he, they use the image of, of the oven. So I was kind of curious on, on kind of what that meant. Um, it says to the fire of an oven that first smolders and then bursts into flame. So it's so, or so hot are the murderous passions of the plotters that they burn like a fire that needs no stirring. Um, and we see that in verse four. Um, I also wrote where it says they, they go from ruler to ruler to ruler, but none turn to God and none are successful. Um, the political leaders are called adulterers. Um, because they're turning everywhere except to God. And I think you said that could potentially be the priests as well. Yeah, the the commentary I'm uh, going through is very strong. I'd saying that the all the days and theirs here are uh-huh. the priests. Okay. Except for the... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. All of them in this one. Sorry. Right. And they're trying to basically save themselves, but they can't find a leader that's going to do that. Mm. Because ultimately, well, it, it's God that's going to be to need... It's, he's going to be... In the, he's right. going to have to save them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, uh, the definite, um, well, did you have more? I'm sorry. I feel like I no, that's all I got. I'd... Um, the baker here, mm-hmm. uh, it's hinted at that he ceases to stir the fire to keep it kind of going to keep sure to make sure that the, uh, fire continues to kindle and to do well and stuff like that. He kind of like leaves it unattended to go do other work. Uh, he says that this points out that the baker here is basically uh, 
letting things go as they want to. He's not taking an active role okay. in what he's supposed to be doing. Um, and just kind of like, you know, taking his hands off the wheel, so to speak. Okay. And saying, do do your thing. Kind of, you know, um, while I prepare my treachery in the background. Okay. Uh, and then kind of going down to verse five, it says he stretched out his hand with the mockers. This is where um, there could be a lot of political intrigue here. Uh, if the word he here uh, means the king, as the commentator believes it does, this could show a betrayal of, sh- of sorts. Uh, during a celebration, he is joining hands with or shaking hands with his mockers, which will ultimately lead to his death, which okay. we read at the end of seven, right. all the kings have fallen. So um, he stretched out his hands with mockers is basically showing that he joined in with the same people that are going to turn around and kill him, okay. essentially. So there... Uh, one more kind of weird spot here is in six. It says, all night their anger smolders. Um, the word anger there is very close in Hebrew to baker. And some texts say baker and some say anger. Hmm. The older texts appear to say baker. Um, so all night the baker smolders. Um, all night he's basically getting angsty. <laughs> and then okay. in the morning he you know, blazes like a flaming fire. He kind of lets it all out. Okay. Um, and the commentator that I'm using says, this is what he, he believes to be true. And it should continue that same metaphor throughout because, uh, the oven baking and fire metaphors never end at the rest of the chapter. Okay. So there's no, except when we get to the birds. Um, (laughs) so there's no reason that it should end here. Okay. Um, it doesn't make sense for it to end. So he believes with the Mazioric text, which I probably just pronounced wrong. That it should be baker there, not anger. Okay. So are they different words then to like... Barely. If you look at them close... I don't have the Hebrew with me, but if you look at them, there's a couple of missing or very close symbols that they probably or quite possibly might even rhyme. Okay. Uh, So there could be some wordplay, but it definitely seems more like it's uh, uh, somebody wrote one text and then somebody wrote another text and it, you know might have been destroyed while copying or whatever it happens to be. Cause I, I think like, um, your computer spun up. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I think either one really could fit there. I don't think that necessarily changing the word would really change the meaning too much. No, I was going to see what the NIV does. Hosea. Hey guys, listen to the Google guy. Seven NIV. Yay, Bible Gateway. We are not sponsored by Bible Gateway. No, we are not. But, but if they want to give us sponsorship, we'll do it. They are definitely a good place to go on a quick looking up scripture in multiple different translations. So they use the word passion. It says their passion smolders at night. Okay. So they would probably go more with the emotion. More feeling. like the anger. Yeah, I was trying to see if maybe. Let's see what King Jimmy says. Oh, he's like my my least my least favorite. Well, unless you get the message. <laughs> and then they're like, the baker bust a cap in the butt of the, I don't know. Their baker sleeps at night, and in the morning he burns with fire. Oh, wow. Okay. So King Jimmy goes with uh, with your commentator then. Last one I'll look is NASB. Oh, that was the one in college that, uh, that was and they drilled that in there. Don't read anything but the NASB. Really? That's what you guys had? Yeah. Oops. Did you guys have the ESV version by then? Um, uh, yeah, it was. I used it in college. I okay. cannot find the New American. There it is. Um, there's a big scroll list. Okay. Um, I was getting to different languages. I was like, no. Uh, for the hearts are like an oven, their anger smolders at night. So okay, it probably depends on the root text, <clears throat> whatever they pulled it from. Right. But yeah, we. Uh, I want to say NIV, NASB were commonly used, and I was using ESV. Okay. I haven't had a professor ask me who I was talking to because I think there was a professor on the campus that was using it. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was like, no one, I just like it. Because <laughs> we're only about six months apart, but we went to the school at a different time. Yeah, you were gone when I went. Yeah, I was gone by I, then. I took a semester off for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then went back. Yep. Well, I was doing boring degrees and I was like, I want a Bible degree. So. Mm-hmm. See where that got me. Bible degree didn't get you very far. Got me a podcast. I had, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. paid zero 
times zero dollars. I, I had to go back to school to uh, do something that would get me somewhere. Yeah. And I don't know where I went, but uh, <laughs> I used it to get a job. So yeah. anyway, so back to uh, internal politics. So, so yeah, that word, it doesn't really change anything greatly. There's no doctrinal change. Right. Um, but just be aware. You're reading something else. You might be like, wait a minute. And I got another spot coming up in the future that's vastly different depending on the translation. Translation. Okay. So. All right. So the next time, so the next part is uh, verse 8 through 12. Um, I have this, that this focus is no longer on internal politics, but now focuses on international politics. Um, and I have the architecture of the oven. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we see where we're worried about who's taking what notes. So, so he's talking cooking. Yeah. Um, but no, um, so we're still talking about sin. So right here, we obviously see a lot of sin that, that um, Israel is, is participating in. Um, we, we remember in the beginning of seven, how both of them, both God and Israel seems to want, um, restoration. However, due to their sin, that becomes very difficult, um, for God to provide when, when it's, they want it, but they don't really want it. And this is how they're still continuing to live. Um, so internationally, they're not doing much better than they are at home. Um, so they're killing a bunch of their Kings and, and that's not going well for them. And let's see how Assyria and Egypt is doing for them. Um, 8 through 12. Ephraim mixes himself with the peoples. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Strangers devour his strength, and he knows it not. Gray hairs are sprinkled upon him, and he knows it not. The pride of Israel testifies to his face, yet they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all this. Ephraim is like a dove, silly and without sense, calling to Egypt, going to Assyria. I love that line. And as they go, I will spread over them my net. I will bring them down like birds of the heavens. Stop. Uh, and if you have the NIV, it says, when I hear them flocking together, I will catch them. Carry on. I will discipline them according to the report made to their congregation. Yay. So what was that part you just said? I was holding my breath and continuing to look at the words. Uh, when I hear them flocking <clears throat> together, I will catch them. Okay. That is omitted from basically everybody else, but the NIV includes it. Okay. And the... Uh, also that... Okay, so that was the additional line you were talking mm -hmm. about. Oh. I'm going to have to tighten that. Screw. Oh, no. Okay. Um, but yeah, that line is omitted, but the word flocking there uh, also is translated in other parts of the ot is swarming okay so it's interesting that there's there's a flocking swarming or something going on along with the bird imagery so niv is the only one that has that that i that i could find so far in my commentary uses the niv text okay and it's interesting because the guy that i gotta find out his name and memorize it um the guy that does the text on it often will say like hey this is in the niv or this is not but i like this i don't like that i go with this you know okay um, I can't remember if he made an opinion call on this one, but he t he went into depth about the word there for flocking and swarming. So I'm guessing he enjoys it. Okay. So the new Bible commentary, the or understanding the Bible commentary series, which I'm using, she, I think she also uses an IV, but she yeah, did not mention, it wasn't mentioned. Yeah. She's like, yeah, whatever. So yeah, <laughs> she passed that over. Yeah. Um, all right, so what do you? So I got some history lesson going on somewhere in here. Um, well, what do you got? I guess. Well, going back up to eight, um, Ephraim is a cake not turned. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, the way the ovens were designed, they were clay hobbity looking ovens. So they had kind of a chimney at the top and a round belly at the bottom where the fire would go up through. And uh, since you had kind of a focal point for the heat, you would often have to turn your breads and your cakes or else only one half would get finished. Mm -hmm. um, so he's literally saying that you are not edible because you're not fully cooked. Oh, wow. Um, you're half, you're a half baked concoction. That's not fully with us. Okay. Um, strangers devour his strength and he knows it not. And uh, the gray hairs are sprinkled upon him. Uh, there's an argument that the gray hairs were what they would refer to mold as. Mm -hmm. um, and then my commentator said, well, I think it really just means that it's old and the bread is old and also not edible. Okay. So either way, it, you could say that that gray hair is mold nastiness okay. and you want to eat it or it's old and you're old and you're not worth you know, anything anymore. Okay. Because we don't care about old people. Well, no, she, <laughs> well we just lost... Uh, 
I don't know the age demographic, so who knows? <laughs> we might not have lost anybody. There's a couple hundred of you guys, and <laughs> some of you are probably old. And hey, I got gray in the beard, and if I had hair, I'm sure I'd have some gray. Mm-hmm. There. And I have hair. And I'm just going to say that I dye it gray. Do you have gray? Yeah, I do. <laughs> if, it, if it gets long enough, I got it in my sides, which Sarah cuts most of that so you don't see it. But ah. since I've got such dark hair, it definitely stands out. Gotcha. Um, so my, my commentary did, it says Israel, they basically said that Israel is dying. And in fact, the phrase, and he knows it not, um, is repeated twice. Um, my wife just sent me Lent is an amazing season and a gift that I'll watch later. Lent is an amazing season. Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry. Do you study pass? Do you, do you participate in Passover? Uh, I'm a pagan. No, I'm a, uh, I'm a Gentile. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not, not usually. No. Okay. No. Yeah. What do you call communion then? Dang, son. <laughs> anyway, so um, wow. Anyway, um, so yeah. Anyway, what were saying? <laughs> uh, verse nine: Israel is dying. So, um, in verse nine, um, so my my commentator basically says they repeat, and he knows it not. Um, so basically, because of their sin, because they are mixing with these other nations. Um, uh, I just lost it. All of them are, are I just lost. Oh, strangers devour his strength and he knows it not. Gray hairs are sprinkled upon him and he knows it not. So they are dying and, and don't, don't really even fully realize um, the consequence of their actions and, and how it is that it's impacting them as they mix with these other nations. Right. <clears throat> um, I do have, so a little history lesson that kind of goes in between or kind of what's kind of going on is this um, second kings yes go on ahead go right okay. ahead yeah it's the same so i, I wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna read second kings but it's second kings 15 oh that's different okay go oh ahead. really yeah i have a different oh reference. well you got it. all right go for it well no go ahead okay you first. so basically tiglath pileser the third was nice. of assyria Tiglath-Pileser he began his march to the west in 745 bc um, King Menahem of Israel paid him an enormous tribute in order to prop up his shaky throne. Um, that you can kind of find in Second Kings fifteen nineteen through twenty. Um, however, Menahem's successor uh, son um, Pekahiah was assassinated in seven thirty seven B.C. by Pekah ben Ramalia, who attempted to put together an anti-Assyrian alliance um, formed with Aram and Philistia. Well, this didn't go well. That failed. Um, and so then you have a complete loss of Israelite territory to Tiglath-Pileser, who prevented only by the assassination of Pekah and the payment of an enormous tribute to Assyria by King Hoshea ben Elah. And that's in Second Kings 17. Uh, yes, 17.3. Yep. And you can um, read, actually, he's a vassal king, so he's basically a puppet king. Right. So. Which, during this time, there were, uh, once Assyria kind of gets their grasp on Israel, and actually, when Assyria gets their grasp on a lot of the surrounding nations, most of them are puppet kings. Um, they rule according to whatever Assyria says. You continue to pay a tribute, and you don't get killed. Yeah, unfortunately, this guy, Hosea, Hosea, not Hosea. Hosea. Yeah, he does something that makes the Assyrian king angry. Yep, and basically that leads to kind of the end of the northern kingdom. Um, (laughs) That's kind of where you see the end of what's going on and kind of goes back to the beginning of what we talked about where when we talked about the background of the text, Mm -hmm. this is about the end of the northern kingdom and potentially part of the difficulty with Hosea's reading comes down to someone could have run with the original man manuscript down to the southern kingdom and they pieced together what they had to to make what we are currently reading. Right. Yeah, and it didn't get transported well. <laughs> right, right. And then we also got some let's go to Egypt for help type things going on and mm-hmm. you know, let's go to Assyria. Really? Like why would you even you gotta go, go to, back it, to right. So so you've got a lot of alliances. Like a dog returns to his vomit. Yeah. yeah. So does Israel return to Assyria. <laughs> <laughs> and Egypt. Yeah, and Egypt, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, hey, you're freed from Egypt. Uh, in Deuteronomy, it says, yeah, don't have anything to do with them. And what do we do? We, we go return, back to Egypt. Yeah, we go mm-hmm. back and say, hey, help us. Mm-hmm. So. And, and he kind of talks about, I think what I love in verse 11, he's like, Ephraim is like a dove, silly and without sense. Yeah. Calling to Egypt, going to Assyria. So kind of like as we're making fun of him right now, 
kind of what Jose would it be Hosea talking here or is God talking? No, God, God would be instructing Hosea. So these right. would be God's words. So God's making fun of them. Um, basically saying, seriously, like, well, what, what are you what? even doing? <laughs> You're flapping around like, like a silly dove without sense, basically panicking. So what do you do? You go to the very people or countries that really, why are you even going there? Yeah. And so basically they're, they're panicking in the situation that they're at. And instead of going to God, they're going to these other nations. And that doesn't prove to go well. Three cheers for Israel. Yay. No. No. No cheers for Israel. No. <laughs> um, and so it really comes down to they're just not turning to the Lord. Right. Again. Um, yeah, that's basically what I, I mean, essentially what I have outside of the, the missing section there that seems to be um, the, uh, I will discipline them according to the report made to their congregation. Uh, the report here is either the words of the prophets or it's actually um, providing the proof of the treaties that they had made with Egypt. Right. So it's one of the, either way, it's a pretty uh, damning evidence against them. Mm-hmm. It's either uh, the prophet saying, hey, God said this and you did that. Yeah, silly doves. Right. Um, or it's, hey, I'm, uh, I told you not to have alliances with uh, Egypt, but here's these treaties that say you have that. Right. Um, you know. So either way, it's, yeah, it's pretty in-your-face evidence to a very, if you look back up at 10, a very prideful and smug kingdom thinking it's above everything and that, you know, they can do whatever they want despite the fact all this evidence is right there in their face. Mm -hmm. So it seems to be a very haughty kingdom. Right. And this verse 12 definitely comes down to God judgment's going to happen. Yeah. And we see 13 starts with woe. And it's never good in the Bible when something starts with woe. Yeah, the, the woes in the New Testament or the Old Testament. Right. Like, oh, yeah, here comes the woes. Woe is never good. Yeah. Woe um, to those who... Yeah. Woe pretty much means you're screwed. You're, you're done for. Um, <laughs> you're either dead Game over. or you're almost dead. Yeah. So not a win-win situation. Um, so, yeah, so we see where God wants to restore, however, woe. Um, and we see reasons as to why that woe happens um, with what we just talked about. Yeah. Um, move on. Yeah. Go okay. Ahead. Yeah. So let's go ahead and finish out the chapter um, with verse 13 through 16. Um, woe to them for they have strayed from me destruction to them for they have rebelled against me. I would redeem them, but they speak lies against me. They do not cry to me from the heart but they wail upon their beds for grain and wine. They gash themselves. They rebel against me. Although I trained and strengthened their arms, yet they devise evil against me. They return, but not upward. They are like a treacherous bow. Their princes shall fall by the sword because of the insolence of their tongue. This shall be their derision in the land of Egypt. Man, there's a lot to unpack here. Woe, destruction, yeah, so I guess again we see where where God wants to rescue them, but it's the well, they, I would redeem he, them, but they speak lies against me. Yeah, here's I listed it out that He wants to redeem them, but they're speaking lies. They do not see God, but cry out to nothing, mm-hmm. which is wailing in their beds. So you could say, "God help me," or you could cry and feel sorry for yourself mm-hmm. in your bed. Well, um, he, she mentions how this goes back to to really Baal worship. Um, that's what I got for gashing, okay, participating yeah, so, in pagan mm-hmm. rituals, uh, rebelling, general, average, everyday rebelling, and right. then devising evil against God, which I have my own thoughts on that. Um, so all those, I mean, that's the list of their transgressions right there. So what are your own thoughts on that? Well, so I see like speak lies against me. I could see that. Mm-hmm. You could blame God for things that did that are not his fault, that are your own fault. You right. could um, speak lies and say, oh, God's okay if you uh, do blah, blah, blah. That's a sin. Um, but when you get down to the devise evil against me, um, does that mean actively seek disobedience or rebellion? Or was there ever a point where they went to Baal and said, Hey God of like fertility of evilness, um, Yahweh is becoming a pain in my neck. Can you do something about that? Oh. So I wonder, I have no, this is all my questions. I could not find anything deeper on it. Nobody seemed to go into it, but I wonder. I, you know what? I got a thick book I could probably read and find out, but I don't want to. It's a handbook of Israelite religion. Oh, oh wow. But it's, it's a difficult one. 
Um, I could take a look. But yeah, I just wonder how much of that was going on. Because that's like, man, it's one thing to sin. But it's another to be like, hey, demon, um, God's kind of on my back. Can you take care of this? So almost playing like a mommy-daddy type thing, but against right. the two different gods being like, well, if this god's not going to do this, then let's go here. Right. Or, I mean, I was just thinking of like even the pagan stuff like... Uh, and uh, once again, I'm kind of thrown out there. Like I'm trying to remember some of the Ishtar stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the gods were backstabbers; <clears throat> they're always going against each other. How much of that was like maybe some little peon trying to play one quote unquote god versus another? Well, I mean that that would go with what they're already doing. I mean, if you look at the the internal conflict that we were talking about earlier. You're talking about, what, four assassinations just within a, a small... Right, I mean, right, exactly. So let's go ahead and put this guy in there, and you're working with the people that are going to stab your back in a little bit, you know, it's so like, let's get this guy there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're still figuring out, well, okay, let's put this guy in there, and then let's take him down and assassinate him to, to put this new... So, like, you know, you're probably getting helped by the guy, the next guy that's going to assassinate <laughs> you to take your spot. I mean, if they're playing each other, it's like then, a reality like... TV show on steroids. yeah. So if you're playing each other like that, then why wouldn't you be playing the gods like that also, you know? Right. And I, yeah, I mean, I guess I, it's speculation, but I also, I can't help but think that happened. Right. Right. You know, like the, if you don't have reverence for the one true God, if you don't believe that the one that like created everything is all powerful and can crush all things, you believe that at that point you have some kind of control over or that if you don't, some other little lesser wannabe god has control over. Right. So yeah, I was just kind of. I just wondered that. I was just hmm. trying to think. It's very interesting. You're looking at your wrist, like. No, I. I texted the. We have a text server at church. Oh yeah. And uh, I was testing it with our app, and I texted the wrong number. Oh whoops. And I keep getting responses from the incidental text server that somebody else has. Oh okay. So. Cool. Yeah, sorry, I did not mean to look at my watch. <laughs> but he keeps buzzing me. So I keep me hearing know. it. I'm like, um, it's not my phone. Yeah. I'm not cool enough to have a cool watch. Well, it's a GPS watch by Garmin, and okay. it you know, helps me run. I just hate watches. I've never worn a watch. I, oh, my gosh. How do we keep doing this? Yeah, I, uh, oh. Putting in the countertops today, I was not wearing a watch because I was, like, you know, using wood glue and hammers, and, you know, I want to destroy it. I kept looking at my wrist. It's oh. like, oh, I don't have time on there. <laughs> I still have a tan line. Oh, and it's February, though. That's impressive. That is impressive. So. Yeah, last watch I had was like a Mickey Mouse watch, and I think it was like seven. Yeah. Um, yeah let's see what I can still see the white. Oh, yeah. Isn't that nice? That's a, yeah. <laughs> so, look, that's a heart rate monitor back there. Oh. Ah, yeah. so. Spiffy. Yeah, it, it hits a GPS signal, so I know how long I ran. And, okay. Uh, all that stuff. I Not that anybody cares. Don't have a spiffy watch. Yeah. I've been swimming. This will actually do your swolf score, and it will oh. also uh, measure your uh, meters. A swolf? I can get eaten by a swolf? I don't know what a swolf score is, but I swimmers don't... love it. Swolf. It probably stands for swimming while on fire. It sounds like a monster that's going to eat me. Beware of Was the Was he the guy swolf. from Thundercats? Snorf, snarf, snarf, swolf. 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 <laughs> I don't know. No, but yeah, so it's it's a neat watch, you know. All right. Yeah. So I don't trust in it to save me from, you know, other lesser watches, or or <laughs> or save you from the destruction and wrath and discipline that might come from your sin. Right. Because whoa, what a wonderful uh, segue. <laughs> so natural. <laughs> Woe to your sin. Yeah. Although I train to strengthen their arms with GPS watches, they devise evil against me. I think you plugged that in from a different text. A different te- Oh, probably yeah. different trans. Yeah, probably right. Well, what translation would that be? <laughs> <laughs> the, the idiot translation. <laughs> <laughs> That's the message version. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> Woo. Tell me I'm Rest wrong. Rest in peace, Eugene Peterson. <laughs> You know, he, he wrote a lot of really good books, though, outside Dude. of The Message. I would say The Message was kind of a, you probably maybe should have thought twice, but he's got yeah. some other good stuff out there. I'm not saying The Message is bad, but no, it's, people yeah, start you. to use it as a translation. Bad idea. And I don't know if it's, maybe it was meant to be a translation, but it should not have been. It's a paraphrase uh, yeah. and not a good one. And even that. that should not have been a paraphrase. But uh, yeah. 
maybe help out with the language, but like when people and pastors start using it in the front of the church as backing for their sermon and things. Yeah. Uh, we're we're getting a long time, but I'll put it this way. <clears throat> if you're a pastor and you've got you're going through and you're trying to, you know, put something into the language your people might understand. And I'll throw that out there as I go to a church in a city that would be blue collar I think like only 20% or something like that, maybe 30% of the people that live in our city have a college degree. We're a very low educated city. And you're trying to throw something out there and you say, you know, woe to those who blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, woe is a strong word. I, so you read the scripture and you say, a way to put it could be the paraphrase, the message, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it says blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But yeah, if you make that your primary teaching text, I would say you might want to. I mean, a giant leap up would be the New Living Translation, and I right. wouldn't even teach from that. No. But I might read some of that for Hosea, see what they do. Hmm. I've got a nice NLT at home. Okay. So I used to I used to sit there and like, when I was preaching, be like, oh, what's a good way to put that? And a lot of times the NLT really kind of had it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some places I wouldn't use it. Yeah. So it could be interesting. My daughter reads the ELT, or NLT, NLT sometime. and I'm, There's uh... two versions of it. Is there? there? There was an update. I want to say okay. probably about six years ago, maybe. Oh, really? Okay. And I have the update. Is that better? I think so. I think it's a much more legit translation. Okay. So I, I'll take a look at it. Maybe I'll dust it off. And... I prefer my daughters to read the NIV. Um, my heart. Huh? <laughs> I said my heart. Yeah, ESV is a little bit. Yeah, it's a little more language Yeah, so... You know, my sons read the ESV, and my daughter has an NIV because oh. it is a, uh, it's got wider margins. Okay. And my wife's teaching her like the like what we do, like the drawing and yeah. stuff like mm-hmm. that. And uh, but it had like a cute girly cover on it. Okay. So it's it's nice. I'm cool with it. Nice. My daughter likes it, so it's cool. That's all I care about. You know, if my daughter gets excited about reading scripture, which uh, go for it, you know. My daughter wants to put stickers in there, and I'm like, you know what? Fine, mm-hmm. go nuts. So my wife's got like little stickers that say like "Amen" and like "Praise oh, God" nice. and stuff. So okay. yeah, cool, yeah, whatever that works. Works for me. So anyway, um, yeah. Anything we want to finish up here before we're getting low? I think we got all our banter at the end instead yeah. of the beginning. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, suckers. <laughs> um, so I guess in closing, God wants to restore them. Um, their sin is making it very difficult. Um, God makes it very clear the sin that they are participating in, both internally and externally. Um, no está bueno. I think he just said that's not good. It's no good. And then we end with woe. Well, they shall be their derision in the land of Egypt. Yep. This shall be their derision. So, so yeah, well, well, well. So next week we will chapter eight it. And yeah. chapter yeah. eight. Oh, it's another long one. It's 14 verses. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, we'll get on to chapter eight. Um, we hope you enjoyed this time of judgment. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably continue that next week with more judgment. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging this. Once again, if you're studying along with us, you know, don't be afraid to pop into a commentary. Um, and we're doing more exploring mm-hmm. translations this time around. And see what we can come up with so. and, and if we're we're on youtube for this then yeah we will um, be. okay then we will be then make some comments down there i mean yeah we'll, we'll um, respond best we can yeah absolutely all right cool all right guys thanks bye, bye.